Garbage Into Gold, a Sixers podcast, is part of Philadelphia Sports Nation. They are enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience. Visit online at phlsportsnation.com. Flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and men, it's time to chop those weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers, gentlemen. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use the code PHL to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for a little spring cleaning. Have you heard of their Weed Whacker? This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. No more gross nose hairs flying in the wind. And the Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 rotations per minute motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Manscaped is making, is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Manscaped obviously still has their Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with their signature trimmer and much more. So you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. All right, everyone, in this episode, we will talk about a couple of storylines surrounding the Philadelphia 76ers at this time. Uh, Ben Simmons is back after an absence with an undisclosed illness. Uh, They've looked very good in the games that he's returned in against some not-so-great teams. So we'll talk about our concern level now that uh, Ben Simmons is is back in the lineup along with the other four guys, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Seth Curry, and Danny Green, all who look to be getting healthier as the playoffs get closer and closer. We'll discuss the mentions of Kyle Lowry and the Sixers still having interest in a potential sign-and-trade over the summer. And um, we'll also touch on the significance of the Sixers finishing strong and finishing in first. So without any further delay, please enjoy this episode of Garbage into Gold. Garbage into Gold. everybody welcome into another episode of garbage into gold i'm one of your hosts brandon after joined by my co-host jesse larch jesse how are you doing today i'm doing really good um if you haven't been able to tell from past episodes of garbage into gold i'm a big fan of drafts any sport so got to watch the eagles manage to not fuck it up last night yeah how about that they drafted uh, a player that i actually heard of before yeah, and a player that actually makes sense and was the best at the position at the time. And it's like, Howie Roseman doesn't do that. So I think it was the difference between 
me watching games and me only watching some games because I feel like Hertz, Hertz and um, Hertz and Smith alone make them a more exciting team to watch. Even even if they're going to be like a five or six win team, I don't really know what they're going to be. I don't know what to expect, but it's certainly going to make things more exciting. It definitely does, um, and I think it maybe helps some of those other receivers get a little more space because, I mean, I think Jamar Chase is a freak and is going to be the best receiver out of this draft, but I don't think Devontae Smith was that far behind him. So I, I, I'm happy with what the Eagles did. Now we'll see how they disappoint me later on tonight. We're recording on April 30th, so day two of the draft will be starting in a few hours multiple yeah. hours i guess sixers will be tipping off against the hawks again yeah hopefully it's another 40 point win <laughs> yeah but i mean i'm overall happy i'm overall happy um my my mom is big into sports radio and so she was up in arms she doesn't like the pick you don't really watch too many games so andrea if you're listening i'm sorry that i'm talking about you but uh she she was hoping that they would draft uh parsons from penn state because they so, need somebody. So was, so they needed somebody. They needed somebody to protect the quarterback, but he's a linebacker. So I needed to again explain to her that defense doesn't mean you're defending your quarterback. So my roommate is actually a huge Penn State fan, and uh, he loves Micah Parsons partially because they have the same last name. But he wore a Micah Parsons Penn State jersey all day yesterday, like. Goes into work, at, leaves for work at like 4.30 in the morning. He was wearing it from 4.30 in the morning until the Cowboys picked him at 12 last night. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Pretty wild, I'd say. You know what else is wild? Huh. Brandon's getting married next week, listeners. So yeah. be sure to be sure to tweet it out why he didn't invite you, our loyal listeners, to his <laughs> wedding. Yeah, and uh, if you're so mad that you didn't get invited but uh, still want to send me gifts, I will put the <laughs> link to our registry in the description. Not really, though. Not going to do it. But yeah, exciting times. It's been a little bit stressful, but uh, excited to get married and, and go on a little bit of a a vacation afterwards. Haven't really gone anywhere aside from visiting family once in uh, Pennsylvania over the last... Uh, year plus so i'm excited to sit and relax on a beach and, and do absolutely nothing i wish i could do that yeah some of us have to work for a living brandon here we go <clears throat> here we go speaking of oh, working for a living the sixers have been working for that was a terrible segue i'm sorry yeah it was really bad um but anyway good on the eagles i'm excited to uh see what they do uh in the ensuing rounds it seemed like a lot of the stuff that howie roseman said uh resonated with people that he he admit he admitted he more or less admitted that they have rushed picks and made some not so great decisions in the past and a lot of people have commented on how he approached the draft differently than <clears throat> than in years past so you know, if he's going to be here for a little while, uh, as we've seen, he's been through a lot, a lot of coaches. Uh, you know, maybe this is a, a good sign. Who knows? I mean, he's been in the front office since like 2004. Yeah. So. A while. Um, I don't expect 
much change with the way things have gone. I don't trust a word Harry Roseman says. I think he's a snake in the grass. Um, as long as he doesn't ruin my football team, I'm okay. But I, I have a hard time commending him for things he does because I know he's going to just fuck it up somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I, 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 don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for that. So uh, why, why don't we go ahead and uh, start talking about the team that we have a podcast about, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, who after four straight losses with a lot of guys missing time are finally uh, looking to be a bit healthy. They beat the Oklahoma City Thunder at home 121-90. to Um Good game for Embiid in limited minutes, 21 points in 23 minutes. A strong game from the bench. Heck, Paul Reed, B-Ball Paul, almost had a double-double in 10 minutes. He had 10 points and 9 rebounds. Uh, so good night for the uh, Sixers bench. And the Sixers starters got some uh, an opportunity to rest a little bit, and then they come back the uh, a couple nights later and dispose of the Trey Youngless uh, Atlanta Hawks 127-83. to uh, just an absolute shellacking. Um, you know, uh, no starter played above 26 minutes. Simmons only played 16 minutes. Uh, w- it was nice to see a-, a good game from Seth Curry. Uh, I-, I still don't quite think he shoots enough. He- he's a little slow in getting into his shooting motion, uh, but he was 8 of 12, 4 of 7 from 3. Uh, and another strong bench game, uh, Furkan and Shake both with 12 points, Tyrese Maxey 11 points. Um and again, another opportunity to uh, get the starters some rest. So, uh, Jesse, I guess just uh, what have been your overall thoughts on this game and, and seeing some of the deeper reserve units and um, having the opportunity for starters to, to get some much-needed rest a- ahead of uh, the playoffs, which keeps uh, getting closer and closer. Well, I think we've said it on more than one occasion now about, you know, Tyrese Maxey just really makes our testicles swell up. Um, he is just fun to watch. I'm a big fan of him. I mean, I know we were talking about Shake Milton needing to turn a corner. He had a good night the other night. Um, so it's nice to see him kind of get back in rhythm a little bit. Um, you know, Cork Maz, when he's been on the floor, especially when he was filling in for the injuries, like he was playing great. So, like, there's definitely some guys that are making their claim for rotation when it's when the playoffs come. Um, and I think in a lot of ways you're seeing these guys kind of audition themselves a little bit because they know that the shrink is coming and they need to kind of prove their worth before the playoffs start so they know they can get their minutes. Um, I think you sent me a Doc Rivers quote the other day about how Doc's apparently planning on getting maxi minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think he's uh, – uh, I think he said – Doc said that he's not going – he's probably not going to be in, like, the regular rotation, but he could be somewhat yeah. of, like, a TJ McConnell-esque guy where if they look flat and everything, they could put him in – uh, for a jolt of energy, or if uh, somebody's in foul trouble. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how they're going to make that all work. I still can't see them going deeper than like a nine-man rotation right now. Yeah, in the first round, um, yeah, I mean, in the first round at least, whoever they play, I think it's going to be nine, nine guys. I mean, the obvious starting five, and then you have Hill, Dwight Howard, Shake, and Korkmaz, and then Maxi if you need well, him. Well, Seibel. Yeah, so ten like, I mean, I I like at this point like there I I can't give a very good reason as to how you can sit one of those guys. Um, from something Doc said the other night, 
he said that his bench unit that he plans to go with is Hill, um, Hill, Shake, Furkan, Dwight Howard, and gosh, I forget the other person that's in that. Matisse. Matisse. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I know there's, it seems like there's like an unwritten rule that there needs to be like an eight or nine man rotation, but the Sixers don't have enough depth to cut like a Furkan or a shake out of the rotation. Like I just don't, I think it'll be shorter leash for both of them. But I mean, just looking, looking at Furkan, for example, 13 games in April shot 45 and a half percent from beyond the arc averaged nearly 12 points a game. Um, shooting 45% from the field in general. Uh, I, I just don't know because out of shake and Thibel, like, and Korkmaz, like you would think right off the top of your head, Korkmaz would be the first one that would like not be in a rotation, but I just don't, he's, he's going to be in the rotation. There's, there's no doubt. And if doc has to extend the rotation to another guy to, to have that, that shooting aspect, I, I would not be surprised if he does it. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to become matchup based, but like I, I, you're not going to survive in the playoffs by doing, you know, a full swap and having a full bench unit on the floor. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious to see what'll happen when you have the starting five playing deeper minutes, when they go from like 33, 34 a night to playing like 38 to 40 a night, mm-hmm. and how that changes the landscape of the games we play in because. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that starting five is one of the best in the NBA. So maybe more floor time for the starting five kind of, you know, we're worried about the Nets and all right now. And are the Sixers deep enough to go where they need to go? But it's like when the starters pick up more minutes, maybe some of those concerns just kind of go away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think some bench guys will will not get as much time as, as they – usually do you know a guy like cork Maz probably won't get his 18 to 20 minutes a game that he's been getting all season it might be closer to 10 to 12 um but yeah i'm really interested i think it'll it'll tighten up as we go deeper into the playoffs um but i think maxi just to circle back to what we were talking about before i think maxi will just kind of be a wild card he's not gonna unless somebody gets hurt He's not going to be a definite in any rotation, but he's going to be that spark plug that they need. But I mean, he's he's there was like a month or two where he barely got any minutes. But when he did, he looked terrible. And now I mean, now he looks good. He looks confident uh, shooting the jumper. Um, You don't see as many floaters and he just seems to get to the rim at, you know, with with ease, like with no issue right through contact and everything. So. It's really exciting, even if he doesn't get a lot of playoff minutes, that we have this piece moving forward, whether he ends up staying with the Sixers or being used uh, you know, as an asset and, and a trade for whoever in the future. Um, don't try to scare me by saying we're going to be trading away. Uh, yeah, I don't want to do I, I don't, it. I definitely don't want to do it. So let's just not say that, okay? All right, yeah, let's not say that. So the big, uh, I would say the big highlight over the last couple of games has probably been uh, the return of Ben Simmons. I even texted you saying I missed uh, watching Ben Simmons play basketball, those four games that they lost in a row to Phoenix, uh, Golden State, and twice to Milwaukee were were tough to watch without his defense. Yeah, I, 
I just want that on the record again that Brandon Apter, noted Ben Simmons critic and hater, missed Ben Simmons. Yeah. Well, I mean, that four-game stretch of basketball was rough to watch. It wasn't great, especially those two games against Milwaukee were not fun to watch. Um, So it was nice to see him back. You can just see how different they look with him on the floor um, and how many open looks he creates for guys like Curry and Seth Green. uh, Seth Green, Danny Green. Um, and even uh, Korkmaz and everything like that. So I think him him being back is, is obviously a huge thing. So, you know, they have 10 games remaining. Uh, everybody's starting to get healthy. Uh, as we record right now, the Sixers are a game and a half out of the one seed, and I believe that they are now three games ahead of Milwaukee, who lost to, gosh, I think they lost to Houston last night. I think uh, Kevin Porter Jr. scored 50, something like that. Um, yes, he did. He had yeah, 50 so and 10. Milwaukee lost. I mean, it was 143 to 136. Giannis left that game uh, a minute in after turning his ankle that he's been having problems with. So it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what happens with him. Um, but, yeah, so now that Ben's back, everybody's starting to get healthy again, and the bench unit seems to be flowing pretty well. I guess, uh, what's your concern level with the team overall heading into the playoffs, if you have any concern level? Um, and obviously, uh, talk about the, the importance for you, at least, uh, for them to finish in that number one seed. Um, I mean, you want the one seed, but the two seeds still still going to give you home court through the first two rounds. And then Brooklyn's going to be a dogfight no matter what way you slice it, so... Yeah, you'd like to have home court there, but I think it might be a little too late for that to happen right now, so I'm not putting it in my head too much. Um, And I still think it's Eastern Conference Finals, like, easily. I I don't think Milwaukee can stop a healthy Sixers team. I don't think anyone in the East can besides maybe the Nets. So I think you are on a collision course for the Nets and the Sixers to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. And... I really don't know how that's going to pan out. Um, there's a lot of unknown with both teams, really. So that's what uh, that's going to be a fun series to watch when we get there, and I think that will end up being the series. But, yeah, I mean, I want to win the championship. I think this team, if they beat the Nets, is definitely going to win the championship. But I think that Eastern Conference Finals game determines who's going to end up being the NBA champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to look this up, but I'm pretty sure that if they finish second, that they could get either Milwaukee or Brooklyn in the second round. I think if they finish the first seed, they avoid both of them in the um, first two rounds. But I think if they finish second, that doesn't they... it re- doesn't it reseed? I thought it's always highest seed plays lowest seed. Um... So if we're one and they're two. Or they're one and we're two, and we both move on. Then we couldn't play each other. We both play the other two seeds. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like an idiot that I don't know this. Um, I'll continue. I'll continue looking it up. But uh, yeah, yeah whoever whoever has the one seed will play whoever the lower seed is in the second round, and whoever has the two seed plays the other remaining team. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah, the winner between 1 verse 8 will play the winner of 4 verse 5, and the winner of 2 verse 7 will play the winner of 3 v 6. So they could get the Bucks in round 2, hypothetically. Yeah. Um, well, if they get the one seed, they would avoid both Brooklyn and the Bucks uh, through through the Eastern Conference. Well, through the second round, I mean. I'm not fucking scared of Milwaukee. Yeah, me either. Um, but yeah, apologies to our listeners for us having a basketball podcast and me not knowing the way that things seed. So... Um, with regard to my concern level, um, you know, the, the big thing that you and I were texting about now that Ben Simmons has returned, what is your concern level? Uh, I mean, I want the number one seed. I want that the, them to have home court throughout the playoffs. I, I'm not necessarily – it's obviously a little bit different in terms of home court now as compared to what it used to be when you had 20,000 people in an arena. So it's not going to be like that, and I'm not sure how big of a fan base Brooklyn actually has. So you'd have to imagine in the playoffs that there would probably be a uh, a good contingency of Sixers fans up there. So I'm not sure how much home court advantage plays uh, a difference in this playoffs compared to other playoffs before the bubble. Um, but Ben Simmons is the biggest wild card for me, especially when you play against... Um, Good defensive teams. Uh, I think how how they approach him being defended is going to be very very critical in seeing what this team needs to do to build around him and Embiid moving forward. Because like we've seen in the past, like if he gets neutralized in the half court, it's a little the offense gets a little stagnant, and we we certainly don't want that to happen in the playoffs. We know how much he can do. Uh, but we've seen how he's been limited in the playoffs. We've seen how Giannis has been limited in the playoffs. Similar skill set to Ben, better player than Ben. Um, but when when the offense starts going just around him, you can defend him correctly, make him shoot, make him shoot jumpers, and uh, you know let them try and beat you other ways. So uh, if they end up doubling Joel every time and just leaving Ben wide open, you hope that they have that Doc and the coaching staff has a, a solution for that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm really, I'm just not, like we've seen it happen time and time again with the Brett Brown coach teams that it becomes like beating your head against a wall. I am really confident that Doc Rivers isn't going to fall into that trap. And, you know, if teams are taking Ben out of the game or not respecting him, Doc has something up his sleeve or has a lineup change or something he's going to do to either force the teams into respecting Ben and coming out to get him or just change the way they go. Maybe George Hill runs the point or, you know, they let, you know, start running screens or something like that just to get some more attention on the ball handler to free up everyone else. Um, I mean, we see it every year, though. Like, you're definitely right to be concerned about that. I'm, I'm probably just being an optimist to say that Doc Rivers has the answer because we have no proof that he does. Yeah, I think it's going to count a lot on on him being aggressive early in games, uh, going downhill, so they have to protect with that. Uh, that way he can find guys open, and I think it's equally important for um, – you know, Seth Curry to get going early because I feel like if he doesn't get going early, like he normally has a seven or eight point game. And in the playoffs, I feel like uh, he's when he's going to be one of the key guys to, to get going early in games uh, because, 
you know, it'll depend on, on what happens, but he's he's certainly one of the guys that could end up off the floor uh, at the end of the game uh, in place with George Hill in, in place of him. So um, they need to get those uh, three-point shooters going very early. That way we don't have to worry as much about uh, them them playing off of Ben uh, as much as as much as we used to. So, yeah. Um, all right. So before we talk about Kyle Lowry, why don't we take a quick break to talk about Anchor? All right, everybody. We are back after talking about Anchor. Uh, next thing that we have on the docket to talk about, uh, y- you know, surrounding the trade deadline, the big name linked to the Sixers was Kyle Lowry, uh, Villanova Wild, former Villanova Wildcat, uh, world champion with the Raptors. Uh, 30, I think he's going to be 35 this summer if he's not 35 already. Um, but, uh, Sam Anik, Sam Amick and John Hollinger from the athletic, uh, started writing about the top free agents that'll be hitting the market over the summer. And in the piece, they spoke about Kyle Lowry and reported that the Sixers, uh, still seem to have interest in a potential sign in trade to acquire Kyle Lowry. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll let you, uh, give your thoughts and then I'll give mine. I mean, I think the only way this happens is if he's willing to take a considerable pay cut and, you know, how much does he want to come back to Philly? Um, I I know he's like, he still loves his hometown, but like, does he want to, does he want to come be a sixer because his life's set up elsewhere? Does he want to try to make... You know, maybe go play with some friends he's had in the league. Maybe go a different route that has money for him to pay him so he can get one last paycheck before he hangs it up. There's a bunch of variables you can put into this. It's a guy that's already been, you know, an all-star. He's already won an NBA title. Like, is he, does he really need to go ring chase? Does he need to go prove himself? Like, he's he's proven everything he can, really. So it's it's a matter of what he wants next. Does, does he want to try to make one last run? And is he willing to give up the money to do it? Cause for him to come to the Sixers, I think it would have to be on like an MLE deal or a minimum deal to get him in here. And I, I just don't know. That's what he's going to do at this point in his career. Well, yeah, if it's a sign in trade, I don't think it would be at the mid level or the minimum. Like if it's a sign in trade, they would probably throw in George Hill and another contract or two, uh, to to free up some space, but I, I remember yeah. I remember around the trade deadline, I think that he was looking for like two years, fifty. Like I wouldn't give him twenty five million dollars a year. Um, you know, the the most I would probably give Kyle Lowry just because of the age, and I know he's a very very good player, would probably be like two years, thirty, or two yeah. years, thirty five. Because like JJ Redick got two years, twenty three, I think, from the Pelicans. So two years, thirty. Um, you know, might be a little bit of an insult for a guy that like Kyle Lowry, who's who's clearly a far better player than like a JJ Redick. And NBA contracts have certainly been a little bit ridiculous over the last uh, however many years. But I could see I could see as much as like two forty. But uh, you know, it'll all depend on on what what Toronto wants. I'm okay giving up like some picks and and uh, you know like George Hill but I, I don't think that I would want to give up any any sort of young player in a guy that you could probably just sign in free agency. 
Yeah, I agree with that completely. Like, I don't, I don't know. It would make no sense to trade a young player for Lowry. Period. At this point, but especially if he is going to be hitting the market. So, I mean, I, I would say just kind of take your chances, and I'm not going to be too upset if they can't get Kyle Lowry in here. Like, it would be a nice, a nice little reunion, and I, I think there would be some things that he could help this team with, but. It's not someone I would go at as aggressively as it sounds like the Sixers are, or at least the media is making it sound like they are. Yeah, and I guess it depends on what position he would play. I know we're in more of a positionless basketball kind of world now, um, but you know Kyle Lowry is a starting caliber player, so you assume. Well, I mean, you assume he'd be either on ball or off ball, and I just again like having a traditional point guard is what we all want but I'm still not a believer in off-ball Ben Simmons, um, especially in the playoffs. I'm just not. Like, it might work in the regular season, but we'll have to see under a new coaching regime, as we've said before, uh, what will what uh, look like come playoff time. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of out on it. I'd love to get uh, Tyrese Maxey more of a rotational run uh, moving forward. Obviously, if they win a title this year or if they fall just short, I'm going to want – uh, everything in order to for them to, to win a title. So if we see these playoffs and realize that Ben can't be the primary ball handler in crunch time, then I think maybe you look into getting Kyle Lowry for two years to maybe get you over that hump. And that's the only way I would look at it in, in more of a necessity sort of manner. Yeah, I just – and I've never had understood the hype with Kyle Lowry. I think he's a good basketball player, but it's – I don't get why the people want to keep chasing him at this point of his career. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I agree. We'll see what else is, is on the market. And if you're not able to get Kyle Lowry, at least you have um, George Hill on a good contract for another year. Yeah. All right, uh, so as the playoffs continue to get a little bit closer, the play-in tournament um, picture in, in both conferences is, is looking very interesting, very interesting. So we're going to do a, a little thing here uh, talking about what teams we think are going to end up in and what teams we end up uh, the, that we think are going to end up out. So just, just to paint a picture for you here, we have the Nets, Sixers, and Milwaukee uh, as the top three in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and then from four down to um, seven, which is the Knicks, Hawks, Celtics, and Miami Heat, uh, though they are separated by two games. And then you have the Hornets, Pacers, and Wizards, eight, nine, and ten, separated by one game apiece and then two games outside the uh, Eastern Conference play-in tournament picture right now is the Chicago Bulls. So, I mean, looking at the Hawks, Celtics, Heat, Hornets, Pacers, Wizards, maybe the Bulls, uh, Jesse, why don't you give me who you think ends up securing those two final spots at seven and eight and who ends up out? Uh, sorry, I'm, I was trying to track you, but I got to pull up the standings for myself just oh, to right. have it in front that's of me. Right. Um, da, 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 da. Okay. So I think Miami's locked in. 
I don't think Miami's going to drop out of there. Um, I'll say Miami and Indiana are the two teams that survive. Okay. Because if Levine comes back and the Bulls creep in, I'll take the Bulls over Indiana. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'll go Indiana, Miami. Uh, I think gonna... I think I think Charlotte without Lamelo is just like they're playing really good. They're just just not quite there yet for me. Um, Indiana has the better individual players, so I feel like you know when you get in those playoff style games, you need someone to take over. Indiana has guys more capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Washington, I just I can't buy into Washington. And like I said, if Chicago can make enough of a push down the stretch here to make it, I really like their team with a healthy Levine, with Nick Vucevic, with some of the young pieces they have. So I, I would, if Chicago becomes one of those four, Chicago over Indiana, if not Miami and Indiana move on. Yeah, so Indiana has, has been just brutalized by injury. Sabonis is out. Miles Turner has been out since April 19th. Uh, you know, to the point where they they are starting Jakar Sampson in the play in, in the regular season right now. So it's a wild time to be an Indiana Pacers fan. I think. Um, I mean, looking looking at the teams that we have here, um, I I'm gonna go out on a whim here and say that the the Washington Wizards end up in the eight spot. They've won nine of their last ten games. Uh, have been playing extremely well. Um, and I mean, come playoff time and play in time, I think, uh, you know, Westbrook has been playing surprisingly well. Uh, and, and then you always have, I mean, I would not, I certainly would not want to play Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook in, in a play in game situation. So, um, the, the play in games, and I'm just going to, um, what it's seven seven and eight and then nine and ten play, I think. I would think seven and ten and eight and nine, but I don't know. Right. I haven't looked into it enough. Um <clears throat> all right. So yeah, I th- I would say the wizards. Is, is wizards it a round robin or is it single elimination? Gosh, we did our research for this, didn't we? So if it's single elimination, it would have to be 7 versus 10 and 8 versus 9. If it's like everyone plays each other once and whoever has the best record afterwards moves on, that could be another scenario. So it's ninth, ninth and 10th place and then 7th and 8th place that play. And then the winner from ninth and 10th plays the loser of 7th and 8th. So then what's the point of finishing 8th if you got to play 7th? No, so you wouldn't eight. play. So if you, the so seven and eight play each other, and the winner is locked in to the playoffs. So then the eight seed goes on to play the winner of nine and ten to determine who gets the eight seed. Got you. Okay. Yeah. So so right now, as it stands, ninth and tenth in the Eastern Conference would be Pacers Wizards. So I mean, right now you're probably looking at uh, Heat. Or, you know, you're probably looking at Charlotte and Washington, maybe. Am I doing this right? The winner, the loser of seven and eight. So, I, yeah, so you could lose, like, it's 
could be Charlotte Wizards, and then you have the Wizards making the playoffs. I just don't see the Pacers doing it right now. I'm just going to keep holding out hope that the Bulls can get in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, just because I'm a, I'm a, I've always been a pro Zach Levine guy, so. And then um, in the Western Conference, we have um, Utah and Phoenix have already clinched playoff spots. The Clippers are right there in third. Nuggets in fourth. They're they're pretty much all locked in there. You have the Lakers in fifth, nine games back, and then you have uh, sixth and seventh separated by a game. That's Dallas and Portland. And then you have Memphis and San Antonio tied in the eighth and ninth spot. And then you have the Golden State Warriors in tenth. So as, as we look at it today, it, it, would, it would be uh, seven and eight. So it would be Portland, either Portland or Dallas against Memphis. Uh, and then you'd have San Antonio against Golden State. So for me on this one, I think um, I think Golden State and and Portland end up getting in. I agree with that. If Portland ends up as the six and Dallas goes down, I would say Memphis and Golden State. Interesting. Just because I feel like Dallas, they've really struggled to rise to the occasion against like the better teams. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when they get into a scenario like that, I don't, I don't quite know that they're ready for that type of atmosphere. Did you see Boban got ejected the other night? I did not, but that ref should be uh, arrested because he, uh, there's, ne- there's never a reason to I eject think there, Boban. He flagrant, flagrantly fouled Jordan Poole. I mean, clearly it wasn't. Uh, we all know Boban. Like it was, clearly wasn't uh, intentional, um, but uh, pretty much destroyed Jordan Poole on a dunk attempt while trying to block, and he got ejected late in the fourth quarter, smiled about him and everything, and him and Jordan Poole kind of embraced uh, before Boban left the court, but I thought that was funny. Yeah, that ref deserves to be in jail. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 gosh, if the Warriors, like once the Warriors make the playoffs, I'd be very interested to see how far they advance against a top team because if they end up eight and play Utah, uh, even though Phoenix is one game out of the one seed, uh, if the Warriors end up eight and play Utah, I think the Warriors knock Utah out in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised by it. I mean, especially <laughs> I Steph is still fucking amazing. Yeah. So. All right. This is this is a personal thing for me, just to say this. Um, Grizzlies in a playoff spot and the Pelicans aren't. So who won that that draft? So just just saying, yeah, uh, it's, not, it's not like the Pelicans haven't put a lot of players around Zion. Yeah, Ingram, Lonzo, Adams. Uh, yeah, like, it's a we. It's just a weird team uh, there. The Grizzlies are winning games, and Pelicans aren't. Yeah. Um, I think right now Zion is kind of having the Giannis effect, a little bit. Uh, and Ingram is kind of like their Chris Middleton. So I think there were a lot like uh, Zion is, is initiating a lot more than he did in his rookie year. Um, so it's just, I think it's like weird and clunky a little bit, but he's so good. Like when I watched him play against the Sixers a couple weeks ago, he's, he's very, very fun to watch and he's going to be really good. Not, not a very good jump shooter by any means, but he's, for his size, the the way that he smoothly gets to the rim is is pretty pretty great. 
Yeah, they should still probably be playing through Ingram before Zion, though. Ingram stinks, though. He's a he's better, an he's okay a better, player on a bad team. He's a better point scorer than sure. a better, more versatile scorer than Zion. Sure. And I think you have to tap into that with the way that team's operating. Yeah. All right. So uh, final ten games. We just go down the line here. Um, final 10 games for the Sixers. We're just going to go one by one and decide uh, whether we think it's going to be a win or a loss and then see uh, what, what, what we end up with. So uh, why don't we start, uh, Jesse, tonight, uh, Friday night, the 30th. They play uh, their second game in a row against the Atlanta Hawks. Do we have a uh, win or a loss? Win. Same. All right, so after the Hawks, they start a three-game road trip on the road against uh, the San Antonio Spurs. Win. win. Okay, yeah, I also have that as a win. Uh, Obviously, these are assuming everyone's healthy. Yeah. Uh, second game of the road trip against the Chicago Bulls. Win. I'm going to put that as a loss. I think it's going to be just, one of those Zach Levine yeah, 50, as, well, 60 is, point is, games. Is Levine back yet? It's uh, a good question. It's a good question. Because um, I've been betting against the Bulls a lot because he's been out, and I've been winning those bets. Uh, as of April 28th, he's expected to be out another week or so. So probably will not. So I'm going to change mine to a win then. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, at Houston. Victory. Uh, at home against the Pelicans. Win. At home against Detroit. Victory. On the road in Indiana. I'm going to say that'll be the loss. Just a weird game. I'm going to. That's a win for me. Uh, at Miami. Win. I have that as one of their two losses. I have that as the statement win before the playoffs. Especially coming off the loss to Indiana, they'll have blood on their blood in their tongue. All right, and then the last two games, both against Orlando. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah, those are those are two wins. All right, so it looks like over the last 10 games, you have them going 9-1. and one. I have them going 8-2. and two. I think they're going to end up dropping one game to Orlando because I think they're going to be one game where they know what seed they're going to be, and they'll probably um, rest starters just for a night. I think our bench can still beat Orlando. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I just schedule in these losses because I guess I still have slight post-traumatic stress from not knowing what to expect in games like that from previous years. Completely understandable. All right. Well, uh, that will wrap up our episode here. Um, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I will be uh, gone until probably our pre-playoff show after the Sixers' final game of the season since wedding and little honeymoon so um i'll chat with you guys then Uh, we may have an episode uh, at some point between now and then uh so yeah thanks everybody for tuning in
And uh, Jesse, anything you want to say to our loyal listeners before we go? Congratulations to Brandon After on his wedding that is coming up in a week. Um, I'll miss you, buddy, but I'll hold down the fort while you're gone and getting nice and tan wherever you're going for your honeymoon. and Nice and red. And I was going to make some some innuendos and stuff like that, but I'll spare you. That'll be my wedding gift to you. I appreciate it. Is not having to endure those jokes before you leave. I really appreciate it. <clears throat> All right, everyone. We'll uh, catch you next time.